all of those experiences, like I felt clinically ready. Like, I, you know, I know I'm a good doctor and I take good care of patients, mm-hmm. but it was always just lack of business knowledge that I didn't have that kind of prevented and that delayed why I didn't open my practice earlier. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the New York iDoc podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Damaris Raimondi, and on my podcast, I have conversations with inspiring healthcare professionals that are meant to recharge you before you start your work week. Today's guest received her bachelor's in psychology at the University of Washington. She got her doctor of optometry degree at Sciences University. She also completed an Oct disease residency at the Louis Stokes VA Medical Center, and she is now gearing up to open up her very own private practice, Bonnie Lake Eye Care. Everyone, let's give it up for Dr. Gurpinder Jigar. Yay! Welcome to the show! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our future is often informed by our past. And as I was looking you up, I learned that your father was a physician. What fond memories do you have of that time? I was born and raised in India. I was 11, I think 11, 12 when I moved to the U.S. And I grew up in a very small village in the northern part of India. And he was the physician um, in our local village. So it was probably just a couple hundred people. Um, so it was a very, very small town. It was kind of farm and we had cows and goats and things like that. So um, it was very rural. And, you know, a lot of the people in our town didn't have access to care and you have to have transportation to go to the big city. So he was the the local doctor um, in our town. So I grew up watching him um, and I was always inspired by him just going out of his way and then helping people get better. So he practiced general medicine in India. And when I came here, I, mean, I, I knew from young age that I, I wanted to be in some sort of healthcare profession. Then it wasn't until college where I really kind of discovered what I wanted to do and get into optometry. Do you know how far that was from Amritsar? It was, let's see, Amritsar is, hey, five hours. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. So like more four, north? Hours. Um, it was more kind of west. Okay. Yeah. I say that because in 2017, I mm-hmm. went to India as part of my honeymoon. And uh-huh. like I, oh, I knew, nice. yeah, like I knew I would be blown away by Bombay. I knew I would have been blown away by Taj Mahal. But in the last minute, I added Amritsar to our itinerary. Uh-huh. I was like, let's just, let's just check it out, right? I was so blown away because it was just so unexpected. Yeah. The, the Golden beautiful. Temple and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you were always interested in medicine. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, especially seeing that growing up, you know, and in a small village. That means that as a physician, your father was doing basically everything. So you said around college you were became interested in optometry. How did that mm-hmm. start? Yeah. So, I mean, I always knew I wanted to go into medicine. So I, you know, I was volunteering. I was working at the local hospital and, um, I, you know, I shadowed anesthesiologists, pediatricians, ophthalmologists, and I worked with an optometrist in college for a couple of months and shadowing him. And he was the one who inspired me and to really look into it. And it, I was always fascinated by just the correlation or connection between your eyes and your systemic health. 
Um, I think that was probably the biggest thing that, you know, I, I was passionate about medical optometry from the start. Um, and I just kind of continued to practice that way, you know, in my own practice as well. You know, you've had a really amazing career so far, and I know that I have a lot to learn, and so do our listeners. So in trying to, you know, give them some pearls or advice, you completed a residency, and residency for optometry, that's a year long, and it's a finite period of time. Around when in your residency did you decide, like, what was next? One important thing to remember is you don't need to know what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life, right, when you get out of residency, you know. So I thought I wanted to go into like ODMD type of setting because I love ocular disease and that was my residency. Um, and I, you know, I just thought I was going to find this perfect job right out of residency and I was going to stay in that job forever. And, and clearly that, you know, that isn't true. And it doesn't, you know, it's hard to find your first job is never going to be your dream job. So I think being flexible, keeping, and that's part of the reason why I did residency was to make sure I had, you know, kind of open my doors. If I wanted to work mm-hmm. in the VA, I wanted to work in a referral center that, you know, I was able to kind of go whatever path that I was able to. So I ended up working in ophthalmology practice um, with a solo ophthalmologist. I was his first um, and only optometrist um, in, in his office for a few years. Um, and, and you know, that was a different type of setting. And I really didn't enjoy it as much as I thought. So I kind of started looking for different opportunities. Then I went back to the VA where I did my residency and stayed on staff for a couple years. And then I we decided to move back to Seattle because that's where I grew up. So. Oh, because you were like in Ohio at this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My husband's from Ohio, so. <laughs> oh, Okay. And yeah, so you were like you mentioned, you did end up going back to the VA and you were in a teaching Mm -hmm. capacity. And there's a lot of students who listen in. And even myself, I know I can constantly trying to improve my skills and my knowledge. So since you've seen and supervised a lot of students and clinicians, uh, looking like back at what common mistakes did you see be done? You know, we have like five five ODs, and we have five residents with the you know affiliated with Ohio State, and we had two externs. So, you know, most of the time we were precepting um, either residents or students. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing was you're not being confident, you know, and kind of second guessing yourself. Our profession is is ongoing, and we're constantly learning, and it's okay not to have all the answers as students. You know, but as long as you're growing, you're going home and you're doing self-learning. So I think that's probably one of the things is you can't expect to learn everything, you know, in during your rotation from eight to five. You have to go home and do our articles or research or pick. I always encourage students to kind of, you know, pick a journal article for the week or go home and research something that you weren't sure, you know, as far as clinical findings or just kind of doing other things outside of clinic um, and just taking advantage of your externships because once you go through your clinical rotations, you're never going to have that opportunity to learn from all the mentors, your co-residents and your preceptors. And they're, you know, they're there to help you really just take full opportunity and take advantage of that. Absolutely. I recently joined the Family of Mentors program at Mm -hmm. my alma mater at SUNY. And that's something that I've been telling my mentee. It's that, you know, right now is when you want to, quote unquote, make mistakes, right? This is when you're going to learn. Because before you know it, you're going to be out on your own and opening up your own practice, right? 
So it's important to see all of that. Yeah. And the the best way to grow clinically is to see as many patients like, you know, don't be one of those students who wants to be out the door, you know, as soon as the last patient checks in. So be motivated and, you know, try to see every possible patient and have the opportunity because every case is going to be different and you're going to see different cases and different scenarios and how to manage them. Um, and, And the more clinical encounters that you have, the more confident you're going to feel just managing different you know, ocular or vision problems. So, With this career, it's something that we grow and outgrow sometimes. So you switched back and forth, right, between mm-hmm. private and then academic and then back, which, I mean, I've certainly done the same thing, too. I've gone from being in an OMD practice to a boutique optical to now a hospital setting. And I think that early on, students don't realize that that's like the reality of things. You you figure things out. So could you describe to us how like all these experiences culminated into you deciding to open up your own place? Part of me knew kind of deep down, like I mm-hmm. always wanted to have my practice, but it was always this like unattainable goal. I guess I just didn't think I would be able to, or I didn't have the enough business background or knowledge to be able to open a practice all of those experiences, like I felt clinically ready. Like I, you know, I know I'm a good doctor and I take good care of patients, mm-hmm. but it was always just lack of business knowledge that I didn't have that kind of prevented and that delayed why I didn't open my practice earlier. And my family's been pushing me, my husband especially, and he's, you know, he's been my biggest supporter and has always encouraged me to open practice. And I kind of just went for it. I love that. I keep hearing that. And maybe I keep hearing this same scenario because my (laughs) husband is the same way. But like a while ago on the the Power Hour, Gary Gerber's podcast, there Uh was a similar couple. It was like in the man and woman. Oh, my gosh. The the, the girl was an optometrist, right? (laughs) And her husband was not, right? But she's like, oh, he kept pushing me this whole time. And I was like, wow, that sounds like really familiar. And then uh, who I interviewed before the uh, before this podcast, Dr. Johnson, same situation. Uh-huh. It's like, our husbands, they're, they're so supportive. And they're, they've been ready, right? From like, day yeah. of graduation. I, I couldn't picture it. Could you picture it? Like, as oh. soon as you finish residency? Like, no, I, I don't think I would have been ready at all. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, he's been ready for this for for years, and it's just, he's like, I knew you would do it, but no matter how many times he told me, I kept like, like, let's wait, let's wait next year, and then, of course, I was going to open a practice during a pandemic, but. Yeah, well, that's why, you know, like, there's never a perfect time, and you can, you always do want to feel ready, right? Like, I think you want to kind of expect and like know what's going to happen but I that's I guess that's the reality of things right we just don't know and everything is kind of like you know you 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 get tossed into the deep end of the of the pool does it feel like that how does how does it feel lately up and down just depends on the day Mm -hmm. um the closer I get to it I, I think it just makes me a little nervous but you know, like, like we talked about you know, before, but I think over the last year, I've learned not to panic over little things, you know, especially when certain things are out of your control. Like there's, you know, fires in Bonnie Lake a few months ago, like that mm-hmm. delayed and the permit delayed. And like, I feel like last year I would have, you know, had a meltdown over all these different changes that just kind of get thrown at you. And it's just, I think over the last year, I've 
kind of learn how to calm down and not let these things that are not, you know, in your control uh, kind of dictate how I'm feeling. You know, I can't control the fires. I can't control permits. Mm-hmm. So anything that's not in your control, you know, just let it be. And eventually, you know, it fell, it fell into place. When was Bonnie Lake Family Eye Care, when was that first an idea? I'd say about a year and a half ago. So I was looking initially for established practices and didn't really find anything that I I wanted or it was too far. And my parents live close to us, so I didn't want to move far away. Then we kind of slowly started looking into different areas and researching neighborhoods of where we would like to, you know, establish our practice and looking at the competition, looking at the market, um, just overall growth of the the community. Um, And we, there were a couple of locations last year that we we were competing so just the real estate population or the market in pacific northwest has been very competitive over the last year um and for two spaces we thought we had it in the last minute the company or um you know they ended up giving it to somebody else so we lost a couple of places i started looking into bonnie lake it's a little bit south from where you know where we live so about 25 minutes but especially with the housing market and just the cost of living in Washington, that area is growing significantly. Um, and there's you know significant amount of potential in the next five years. So really started looking into how many optometrists doing more of like a geospatial analysis. What does the market look like in that area? And, you know, it's just like cute little tiny town. It's not tiny, but um, and there's no private practice optometrist and, you know, there's some retail, but I just felt that there's enough demand to grow um, the practice and to bring in a lot of services that are currently not being offered in that community. By the way, your Instagram handles. So for the practice, it's at Bonnie Lake Eye Care. And this will all be in the show notes. And your personal Instagram or your optometry Instagram is at gerpinder.idoc. And yeah, you're really passionate about all this. So what what new things are you offering? I'm really passionate about managing ocular surface disease and dry eyes. So I have a dry eye center in my practice. And I'm also doing a lot of myopia management. Um, I'm certified in OrthoK. Um, and recently certified in my site for Cooper Vision as well. So it, no one's really doing that in the area. And, you know, so it's definitely underserved. And, you know, I feel like there's enough demand um, of patients who would benefit from those services. Um, and, you know, I'm always on call. Um, I make myself available to patients pretty much any time. And, uh, you know, they can call me. Um, I answer my cell phone and all the fo- the work. Um, my new office phone number is transferring to my cell phone um, and I answer the call and patients are, you know, usually like, oh, this is a doctor. I'm like, yep, but this is a doctor. How can I help you? You know, anytime they're looking for eye care, like who do, you know, who do you recommend? I'm like me, you know, support a local woman doctor who's starting business. I'm all about shopping small and local. And I love that you're doing emergency 24-7 access. That's so commendable. Why did you make that decision? I think especially now with COVID, it's more important than ever. And it's just one of my pet peeves. Every time I talk to patients, you know, at the end of my visit with patients, I always tell them, 
that, you know, I give them my business card, tell them, you know, thank you for coming in today. And if there's an emergency, you know, this is how you can get hold of me. Last thing they need to do is go mm-hmm. to the emergency room or urgent care. And, you know, a lot of times patients don't know that they can call their doctor's office after hours. They just assume that this is an urgent problem or they need to go to the emergency room for something like that. And, you know, I've knock on wood, I've yet to have a patient call middle of the night for anything. Um, and, but you know, a lot of times it's patients, they, they just, it's more of kind of comfort thing that they understand and you know, they have access to somebody. So if there is an emergency on a weekend, you know, they know that they can get hold of me. Have you done Academy at home this year? I did not. I just, I just had to skip it with everything that's going on right now. Oh yeah. Well that too. But, uh, Dr. Melton and Thomas, they did one of their Saturday lectures and they specifically had like five whole slides about why all optometrists need to give their cell phones to all their mm-hmm. patients I've been doing it. in order I to it all VA. this yeah. I've been doing this for years and wow. you know I've okay. yet to have anybody misuse it um and sometimes I'll <laughs> text them back and forth and, and you know at 10 o'clock they're like oh my god you applied at 10 o'clock and I'm like yeah and we're, you know, very equipped to treat eye emergencies. And oftentimes, you know, we, we have like a lot more tools right. available than yeah. urgent and care. Like, you know, yeah. you're not going to have a bill from the emergency room for $600. And yeah. you know, so financially, and I think with just kind of overburdening the healthcare system and insurances. So I think that's definitely the better way to go, especially now with telemedicine, you can, you know, triage and from the patient's comfort of home. And if they need to come in, then, I, you know, I'm happy to see them in the office. Yeah, so you've definitely had a lot going on and you have shared all of this, you know, on, on social media too, your whole journey. But what has been, I mean, up until this point, what has been like the most like difficult thing to, to deal with that you maybe lost a little sleep on? I think it's probably construction and staying just like a delay delays permit and Mm -hmm. I'm such a perfectionist and type a where I need to you know I have timelines and I have lots of lists for everything and everything has to go in my timeline according to plan and anything Mm -hmm. that veers away from it I think that's probably been my hardest just the hardest thing to kind of get over is just all these unexpected delays that I can't control it's happening. Opening day is November 16th, yes, right? Yep. That's so exciting. We're, we're very excited. And my staff starts on Thursday. So I've been busy kind of figuring out, you know, planning training protocols. And, you know, it's just kind of hard thinking of myself as a boss and like, what would I want? You know, what would what, what, what kind of boss do I want to be? And that's kind of something that I've been reflecting on. And you know, what kind of work work culture should we have in the office and setting those expectations um, to making sure patients have good experience. Yeah. And also like, you know, delegating different things too, because a lot of times we want to be, I know I want to be in control yeah, of a I lot feel of like, things. And it, yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I'll let mm-hmm. you know in a couple of months how that's going, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying, I, I'm going to try not to be like a helicopter boss where I'm covering and micromanaging things, but um, but I think once everything gets going and I get busier, you know, it's just one of those things that you have to learn to trust your team, equip them with all the resources and, you know, let them and let them let them do their thing. Yeah. 
we're definitely gonna have to do a follow-up episode i wanted to capture like all the excitement and all the, the i mean i guess it's a lot of question marks right now right and, and that's right, how it's yeah. gonna be i mean you know i have my my team in place and i was very honest with them you know i've told them that you know i've been practicing optometry for a while but this is my first business venture and I, I know what I'm doing, but there's a lot that I'm not going to have answers to everything. And we're going to figure this out together. The practice is going to mm-hmm. grow and my staff is going to grow with me. Um, and this is going to be, you know, a nice life, long-term journey, hopefully. And you've done so much, you know, so much with like the planning of what you want to offer in your private practice and your design too. I love the color scheme. Could you tell us more about that? So, I mean, my space was kind of small compared to other practices that I've been in. Um, So we wanted to keep it really clean, uh, mostly white. Um, There's a little, like in the exam rooms, there's a little bit of accent Seattle gray um, in the accent wall. And a little, mostly kind of accent greens throughout, um, but everything is pretty much white with a little bit of grays and a little splash of color. What's your website and like when? When are you? When are you going to open? What are your hours going to be? Yeah, so I'm gonna. We're gonna be. Let's see. My website is bonnielakeeyecare.com, um, and my husband and I built that during COVID when everything was. You guys did, did the website. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. I, I, what did I like about it? There was something in the end. I think the site map, <laughs> I mean, it was all really good, but, but there, I forgot. But okay. I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, from like mid March to beginning of May, I wasn't working. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, there's, and, and I have to, I'm the type of person I have to be doing something all the time. And I'm like, well, what can I do? And I started writing content for the website. And, you know, my husband helped, and he has some, he has an IT background and he helped me with, kind of, you know, SEO um, and meta tags and things like that. So we, we learned a lot during the last, you know, couple months. We tried to make it productive as possible. Yeah, so we're excited and, you know, kind of revamping the website with our um, staff pictures next week probably. Um, and we're working on implementing a um, online schedule feature as well. You know, we want to make it kind of streamline it and you know less of the paperwork so patients can schedule appointments online they can fill their paperwork online so that way when they come in they're ready to go and we get them started monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then half day saturday um and we're you know i'm flexible my team's flexible with the hours just because we don't you know again it's it's my i'm excited because it's my practice i can change the hours if i want to um, yeah. and you know, we're going to see how Saturdays go. I just, either it's Bonnie Lake is definitely a, a growing community. There's a lot of young families. Um, so there was some initial requests for having some weekend hours. I kind of did a community poll, um, on Facebook. So I have half day Saturdays, um, and we'll just kind of see how those go. Um, you know, if they, if they're in demand, we'll keep them. If not, then, you know, we'll, we'll take the weekend off and just yeah. work during the week. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be there a couple days during the week. Um, and then as, you know, as the, as the practice grows and, uh, we, you know, our, our patient base grows, then I'll kind of slowly increase my hours in the office. Was this part of your five-year plan when you graduated from school? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No? <laughs> Were you, did you have to write one? I think for us, um, the professor was Dr. Mm-hmm. Soden. And yeah, he had us write a five-year, 10-year plan. And I'm shockingly, like, I did my five-year. 
like I didn't think I would I don't know <laughs> yeah no I, I don't remember writing one I just it just seems so long ago mm-hmm. but this was uh this was it was in, in 2011. I mean that in the best way. It was I was back shocked. When it was back, it was back wow. when it was called PCO. We, it, yeah. Like yeah. Two months before we we graduated, it, I think they changed their name to Salish Universities. What are some words of wisdom that you have to give to uh, the career-driven women in optometry listening right now? And I kind of need to take my own advice on this sometimes too. But I think of what I've learned in the last year is to not it's an outlet fear of failing you know stop you from pursuing your dreams I think that's probably one of the biggest thing I had to overcome because I was because you're, you're always afraid of failing you know what if it doesn't work out and you know and I tell my husband I'm like are we going to be okay like what if things don't go well and you know we have to remember that it's okay if it doesn't work out you know have a contingency plan and plan for the best and you know a lot of time most of the time things do work out in our favor and just don't you know don't think of the worst case scenario um and it's okay to feel fair you know fail and as long as you're learning from that opportunity and you're growing as a person and individual um i think you know you're moving in the right direction that's amazing and that's exactly what uh tony robbins says you know you're not failing you're learning I have that's to tell all myself we're ever every doing. day, you know, kind of remember, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. if we don't have all the answers, you know. Um, and I kind of talked mm-hmm. to you about it yesterday is, you know, I don't know have all the answers, but my, my, my optician has experience. My front desk person is motivated and we're all going to learn together. Um, and yeah, we're going to be fine. Yeah, you absolutely will be. It, it's definitely a scary thing. It's not easy. And that's why we're doing this podcast because it's such a incredible like achievement you know and you should be proud of how far you've come we're all thank really you. proud of you i really enjoyed talking to you today and thanks for having me on yeah and where can we reach you at if like if anyone has like any questions about anything yeah, actually i started getting a lot of questions on instagram so a lot of you know mostly women that, you know, mm-hmm. like oh my god I, I you know i've always thought about opening and 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 i you know mm-hmm. i'm like hey give me a call and we can chat i can tell you you know what worked for me so you can always reach me on Instagram um, on grapinder.idoc or you can email me at drcore at bonnielakeeyecare.com and usually I'm you know pretty accessible and I get back to you on the same day. She sure does, guys. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for coming on. This was great and all of that information is going to be on the show notes. And if you were inspired by this podcast, you know, do share it with a friend. And if you'd like to support my podcast, also please leave a rating. It's one of the best ways for me to grow. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, say bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.